Bible reading today is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 29. The Father revealed in the Son. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Well, Sue and I have uh, just come back from two weeks on Guernsey. How many of you have been to the island of Guernsey, just out of interest? Well, let's just pray for those who haven't. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, I'm, I'm Jean de Gary, you can tell, that's where my home uh, was and in some ways still is. And we had a really good rest. I've got a photo just to show you. So that's one of the cliffs, you've probably got that. Um, Sue and I walked, we decided, even though we'd been to lots of beaches and we'd done lots of cliff walks, we'd never done it in one coherent go. And we've got friends who've done the whole of the south coast of England. And we thought, we're not up to that. But it's six miles from the bottom corner to the other in Guernsey. That's as the crow flies. It's actually about 25 miles, though, because it's so in and out with the bays and very up and down. So we thought, each day, let's do a little bit a further section. And uh, we had two or three hours walking each day. And I... So, oh, this is how they join up. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, we also went for swims, and I know global warming is a terrible thing, but honestly, the sea was so lovely and warm, I couldn't complain too much, except there were more jellyfish than usual. Um, and what, perhaps my favourite day was uh, we'd been doing walking, and then we went down to, on the southwest coast, a place called Kobo, very good for surfing. Uh, I haven't got shares in Guernsey tourism, but, you know, you should try it. And the sun was setting completely beautifully. Um, and there's a fish and chip shop strategically placed. And we just sat on a wall and said, isn't God good? Uh, it was brilliant. That was a good rest. Now, if you're going on your holidays, I wonder what equipment you take. Turn to your neighbor, say, what do you always take if you're going on holiday? Okay, uh, I'm going to pick out some random things. Uh, for me, I always take Factor 30 sun cream. Put up, stand up if you uh, take sun cream. How many of you? Do? Oh, look, lots of sun worshippers. No, that's wise. But okay, sit down. Sorry, this is just a bit of uh, aerobics during the sermon. Uh, my sister lives on the Isle of Arran, and that's a lovely place to go, but I always take my jungle formula. Anyone say jungle formula or other mosquito repellent? Let's stand up if that's you. 
Okay, you know, Tom, I know you do a lot of uh, traveling up there. How many of you take a map? Take a map to the place? Just five? Oh, uh, they were just being shy. Okay. Kagul? Kagul or Rain Mac? Let's see. There, okay. It's got to be done, surely. You've never seen me like this before. I don't mean incompetent. I mean, these are prescription sunglasses, and I feel I look smarter than ever. Deep in self-deception there. How many of you take said sunglasses? Okie dokie. And last, a Bible. Ah, <laughs> don't. <laughs> no. Just, just going to see. It's not to tr catch out. That's a little Bible, though. It's easy to carry around. Maybe you have yours on your phone. But what's it all for? It's to find rest. We all need rest. And there's uh, even Jesus did, even his disciples. So we read in Mark's Gospel, so many people were coming and going. The disciples did not even have a chance to eat. And he says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. How did he seek out rest? Well, the next verse says he found a solitary place. And solitary has the same root word as solo, being alone, but alone with Jesus. That was his invitation. Come with me. Be with me. Uh, some of us went to New Wine this summer, and we've actually had a dispute in our house over how many people were there. So could you, uh, if you were at New Wine, could you shout out how many thousand you think were there? Five, seven? So there are very, you've got to, so I heard someone say week one was 11,000, week two there were eight, but I, there are variant manuscripts. So I, d I don't really know. Uh, but it was a lot. Now, being in a room with thousands of other people worshipping God is so good. But actually, it's also being alone with Jesus, sometimes finding a solo, a solitary place. Don't worry, no one noticed that spillage. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible. Nothing was spilt, don't worry. Um, being alone. People came to Jesus with all sorts of needs. They were tired ill, they had restless minds, restless hearts, guilty consciences, broken relationships, confusion and ignorance and financial worries, uncertainties and lack of purpose and feeling God's a mile, a million miles away. It's just like us really, isn't it? Just feeling, oh, I'm so tired of carrying this weight. Um, things that rob us of our rest. So let's um, turn to, it could be the same neighbor or a different one if you didn't like the first one. Uh, see how that pans out now. Uh, here's the question. Um, tell them how you try to rest. How do you try to rest? Let's have a minute on that. Just see how that goes. Well, I hope you all found uh, something of interest and being intentional about finding rest 
really matters. What do we look for in a holiday? It could be sun, it could be indulging ourselves. How many of us like perhaps eating or drinking slightly more than usual? Okay, I'm not alone in that one. A bit of culture. Who, who likes something cultural? My parents dragged me around cultural places as a child, and I resented them deeply, and now I you know, then found I was doing the same. So it's a thing of age, I guess. But what is a good rest? It's not just being lazy, is it? Because, and we were talking about, you can be idle, but it makes you restless. And then there are other times when you're really busy, but it's creative and life-giving. And you're rested by activity or creativity and joyful in it. And it's odd that sometimes we come back after a holiday and feel we need a, a break to get over our holiday. That shows it didn't really work very well. What's it all about? Well, what does Jesus say? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. That's carrying a load. And I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. So we've been thinking about perhaps rest for the body, which is important if we're tired, if we're not getting good sleep routines, it's worth attending to that. If we're eating or drinking inappropriately, probably that's good to address. But Jesus specifically says, as well as the body, the soul. And the soul is the mind, the heart, and the will, and being spiritually alive to God. So he says that he can address in a way that nothing else can. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So his invitation is, don't just go to Ibiza, come to me, says Jesus, because we need a holiday, and a holiday is literally a holy day. That's where it comes from, encountering him. And what does he offer? And it's body, soul, and spirit. First thing, I think I'd pick on forgiveness. That was probably the number one reason I came to Jesus for the first time, because I was aware I was carrying a load of guilt and shame over stuff. Maybe some of you are blessed with not having a guilty conscience. I say blessed, I don't know how eventually it pans out if you don't have a conscience. But I've certainly carried a weight of guilt at times, and it can be an overwhelming burden. And Jesus said, come to me, I can take that from you. Sometimes I've been on holiday, and I'm not naming anyone, but some members of our household have been known to overpack suitcases. Um, as they're here now, I'm not going to even look at them. But, it, you know, you're carrying it, and your arm is stretching, and then you think, I've got to swap arms. I remember, in, I think it was in Dublin Airport, it felt like a two-mile walk we had to go. And it was painful just stretching arms and the only solution when you're carrying a burden that you cannot carry that's too heavy for you is get someone who's stronger than you uh, to carry it for you that's the invitation from Jesus come to me you don't have to carry that um, and some of us carry burdens way heavier than suitcases but it's not seen it's not visible but it's just baggage that's overwhelmingly heavy. And Jesus says, why don't you come to me? And, and the second thing is refreshment. We all feel tired, of course, 
But I believe every other ideology and religion is basically a DIY project of if we can perform well enough, then we'll somehow make ourselves acceptable or lovable to God. And hand on heart, we all know this isn't going to work. It's never going to work. And the God of the Bible, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, is the opposite. It says, you don't have to carry something to get to me. I am the one who will carry you. And Isaiah the prophet said long ago, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They will walk and not be weary. They'll run and not faint. He's the God who carries us. Jesus says, come to me if you're weary. I'll give you rest and refreshment. And finally, a new direction. He says in verse 30 that my yoke is easy. A yoke is that wooden cross piece. Uh, I mean, milkmaids can wear them, but usually we picture them as oxen. And a plow is hard work to pull through the soil to sort of rip open the earth. So they'd normally have a couple of them, and uh, together they're pulling the plow through the soil. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Because we're all going to be carrying a yoke one that we've made, or he says, do you want to try mine instead? And so the, the master carpenter knows how to make a yoke that's well-fitting for us. And he says, why don't you take mine instead of the one you've got? Because the burden will be light instead of heavy. There is, of course, a difference, because if it's his yoke, he chooses the direction of travel. That's what Ben has signed up to. It's all of us who are baptized have said, I will go in that direction because I'm following Jesus. Um, here's a yoke of oxen. Often how it's done, you'll have an older oxen that's it's done this for years. It's strong and it understands the orders. But you've got a new one that you've got to train. So you pair them together. And the younger one learns how to stay in step with the older one. It's a, that's what discipleship is. Walking in step with Jesus, he says, this is how you do it. And together, pulling, doing something purposeful. It's work, but it's actually a really creative and good work. In the baptism, uh, I was away on holiday, as you know, but, so I didn't see Ben getting uh, baptized how many of you did witness Ben getting baptized in the river? That's a step of faith. Fantastic. But it, the bit in church was um, when you're baptized, you have to say, I submit to Christ. And uh, I grew up in an era when on Saturday afternoon there was wrestling on television. Anyone remember that? Those happy days. And when someone's had enough, they slap the canvas, which means I submit. Okay, you've won. And if we're saying we're followers of Jesus, we say, I submit to Christ. We're saying, oh, I've had enough. You win. And being yoked to Jesus means I'll go in your direction. That's the challenge for us all. So hear what the writer to the Hebrews says. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make 
every effort to enter that rest. It's a bit confusing. It's a paradox. Make every effort to enter rest. Just like Sue and I walking on the cliffs, and Darren was talking about being in the Lake District. Actually, hard work, and yet finding that purpose was, was deeply uh, restful. It was a blessing. We can't make other people rest. We can't make other people sleep. If you're a parent, you know this is true. <laughs> Tried it. Um, but we can all learn routines, new routines that help us to sleep and rest. But ironically, putting those routines and regimes in our lives is quite hard work. I was really good at making um, exam sort of timetables for myself of, of how I was going to revise. I just didn't ever revise. I mean, I just had really glossy presentations of what I might do at some point. It's no good having a regime of how to live with God if we don't actually put it into practice. And that's the invitation. Come to me. And the book of Hebrews tells us there's a Sabbath rest for the people of God but we find they could only enter it through obedience. In Genesis 1, we read that God created all things and then he rested. And he rested having done all things well. And as I was preparing for today, I just had a nudge which I take to be from God saying maybe you haven't done all things well yet. There's an area that's unresolved or uncommitted to God and if you are to enter rest, that probably needs to be addressed. You won't find it easy to rest till you've done that thing that God nudged you over. In Psalm 95, it says, uh, this is called the Vanity, for those who know it. Today, if only you'd hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as your ancestors did, but they tested me. They tried me, though they'd seen what I'd done. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. That's the generation who came out of Egypt but never made it into the promised land. For 40 years, I, that's a long time to be angry. I can't hold up a grudge that long. But God was so furious. He said, there are people whose hearts go astray. They've not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. That's a bad thing when God makes a promise is what we call a curse. You're never going to find rest. And it was because of chosen disobedience. He told them what to do and they'd chosen something else. And, and God was faithful to his word. They never did. They died in the desert, apart from two who were obedient. And so what might this mean to us in Salisbury 2,000 years later? And the things that were in my mind just to challenge you and I hope not beat you up but love you, say God wants you to enter rest. Are you harboring resentment against a sister or brother? Or secondly, have you made a deliberate choice to live in disobedience to God on something? If you don't get that sorted out, you'll find it very hard to enter into rest because your conscience will always be undermining your confidence in God loving you. 
Uh, and a picture that came into my mind was after the flood. Noah, you'll remember, sent out, the rain stopped now, and he's thinking, how's it going outside the ark? And he sent out two birds. The first was a, a raven that feeds on death. It's, a, a, it's, you know, a carrion. It had plenty of food, but we notice it just went to and fro and never found a place to rest. Do you know the Hebrew word for rest is Noah? That's what the name means. But a raven could never find rest. But the second bird was a dove. And it found, it came back with an olive twig in its beak. And then it never returned because it found its Noah, its place of rest, rather than being back in the ark with that Noah. And I just want to encourage you to think, what do you feed on? Are you more like a raven feeding on death? Or are you more like the dove feeding on life? And if we feed ourselves on bad stuff, that makes it hard to be in a place of rest. Is that a barrier to us entering rest? We've got to work hard. And yet in another way, it's all done for us. Jesus on the cross did everything. And he said, it is finished. It's all been done for us to enter rest. The sins of the world were laid. That was the yoke he took on himself, that painful yoke of carrying our sins. Um, but there is the invitation, come to me. Are we coming to Jesus? Are we accepting his invitation? Fifteen centuries ago, there was a very wonderful bishop in North Africa called Augustine of Hippo. And he wrote a rather racy number called Confessions, where he confessed his sins, but also confessed his faith. And the opening paragraph is, Almighty God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Actually, we could be going to and fro like the raven, but we've got to find our true home. Our Noah is only going to be found in God. On the message translation, hear this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to make a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I'd like just to close with a, a, a prayer of blessing. This is a book uh, by uh, Gerard Kelly. And I want to just give a plug to this great book, Gerard Kelly, The Prodigal Evangelical. I, it's one of the best books I've, Christian books I've read. Or another one by Dane Ortland, Gentle and Lowly. Great books. I do encourage you to read Christian books to resource you. But let me just close with these words of, of blessing. Perhaps close our eyes. Don't worry if children are running around, that's fine. 
May you who are restless find rest, and in rest, restoration and the healing of your hollow soul. May peace be yours. May you who are frozen find freedom, and in freedom, the strength to face the fire and the thawing of your ice-gripped heart. May peace be yours. May you who are conflicted find convergence, and in convergence, confidence to be the one new child of your old divided self. May peace be yours. May you who live in tension find tenderness, and in tenderness, the tendency to kindness and the miracle of majoring in mercy. May peace be yours. And you who are godless, may you find God. And in God, the grace and growth you need for fruit and fullness and the love that will last you through the long haul of a lived-for-others life. May peace be yours. Amen.